So welcome everyone to episode five of our talkroom series of podcasts, Being Your Best Self. And for those that haven't seen any of our previous podcasts, I'd like to introduce my co-presenter, Wendy. And uh, Wendy is a is a highly experienced CBT psychotherapist working in private practice and has worked in the field of mental health and well-being for over 30 years now. So a, a huge welcome once again to you, Wendy. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you. And for those that don't know you, you are an accredited counsellor with the British Association of Counsellors and Psychotherapists and also the founder of Hope Therapy and Counselling Services, which is a counselling practice that operates throughout the south of England. Thank you, Wendy. So these podcasts look at the question of how to be your best self. And we do that by looking at the, at the question of mental health and well-being. Um, but we also try to make them relevant to the times that we live in. So with Christmas fast approaching, we're going to talk about that today. Yes, that's right, Ian. So this is a time of year when many people traditionally celebrate the Christmas period, spending time with family and loved ones. But for some people, it can really be a time of the year that also can bring about a huge amount of stress. So today we are going to discuss Christmas and how we can try to manage some of that stress as much as possible. So Ian, with that in mind, what are your thoughts and how people might think about approaching Christmas? Yeah, a, a great question, Wendy. Thank you. Um, so one of the important things uh, is true at Christmas, but equally true at any other time of the year, which is to be true to your values. So what is important to you to recognise those things? And nobody can do everything and please everybody all of the time. And that's never truer than at such a busy and expensive time of year is Christmas. So thinking about what is really important to you and focusing on that rather than trying to do everything and pleasing everybody. So maybe our primary focus will be family or maybe it's going to be our children. So identifying what is the most important thing and giving that the, the main focus and giving less focus to the less important things rather than trying to do everything. So remember that life generally and Christmas in particular really is about an element of compromise. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, Ian. That's a really valuable reminder for all of us. Thank you very much. Thank you. So how about you say a little bit about the general idea of what stress is and maybe how we might generally think about it before we get into any specific ideas, Ian? Yeah. So firstly, it's important to remember that for many, many people, it's very normal that when they get very busy, that they're going to experience some less level of stress. But with Christmas and the time leading up to Christmas, we have a we have a lot of other complications, uh, such as the pressure of wanting things to to just be perfect, challenging family dynamics, 
of course, the cost of living crisis and not wanting to to disappoint people that we might want to buy presents for. So when we when we think about stress, it's important to remember that a little stress is perfectly normal and isn't a bad thing. It can actually be quite helpful to have some stress. It can it can help us to focus on things, to help us to get things done. The problem is when it gets out of control. So when we talk about stress, we talk about it in terms of stress management mm -hmm. rather than stress avoidance. Okay. So it's a really easy way of thinking about that is to think of a traffic light system. Green is everything is fine, just carry on. Yellow or amber is I'm beginning to get stressed. I, I, I still kind of have it under control, but I need I need to make a change before things start to escalate. And then red is red is stop. Um, I'm overwhelmed now. I'm really not coping. Um, uh, when we're in that that red area, we're at risk of st things just starting to unravel, to escalate, either with ourselves or and our ability to, to function and plan properly, which simply makes things worse, but potentially also with other people around us as well. So really looking out for those signs as early as we can um, noticing what, when we're starting to to enter that that yellow or amber uh, uh part of the traffic light system and starting to, to to edge towards red that's the point where we really have to take steps to to try to start to de-escalate things a little bit okay okay Thank you. Thank you, Ian. Yes. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. And I like the traffic light system. I mean, that's a very easy model to follow and understand. So thank you for that. So what signs should be people be looking for, do you think? Well, we're all different. Um, so we all experience stress in slightly different ways. But the sorts of things that we might look out for is just that that feeling of just being on edge, um, maybe thoughts starting to come in about where we're never going to get it all done in time. Maybe there's self-critical thoughts starting to come in, that, that, that critical voice, the, the, the we're not good enough sort of voice that can start to creep in for some people. Maybe we, we notice that we're getting headachey or our stomach's beginning to, to churn a little bit. Um, just a sense of being, overwhelmed in the sort of early stages of being panicky and when we notice those things on, on the on the yellow area of the traffic light just starting to be aware of those things uh, before they get get out of control you know taking a pause maybe talking to somebody if that's going to be helpful taking a breather and just bringing some perspective into the situation okay Okay, thank you. Thank you. That's really helpful, Ian. Thank you for that. So I'm wondering, you know, talking and focusing about stress. Um, how about talking about the ways we can prepare things so that we can start to think now so we can manage some of those stress levels? I mean, what sort of things can we think about doing in advance of Christmas Day itself? to hopefully to help with that. Yeah, and, and that's a really, really excellent question. So one of the things that, that uh, people seem to really struggle with is simply 
simply the expectations that are that that are, um, that are set around Christmas. So, for example, um, if you're having people join you for Christmas Day, or if we're planning to to join them, then some boundary setting can be really really important. Boundaries are important in most relationships, but particularly during periods that are going to be particularly stressful, like Christmas. So simply finding ways of communicating expectations in advance can be really helpful. Ways of reducing the likelihood of conflict and that the, uh, reducing the likelihood of arguments and, and in turn reducing the likelihood that there's going to be stress coming out from that. So thinking about things like how long will you stop if you're visiting someone or if they're visiting you? Do you expect to be entertaining them all day or is it literally dropping a card in and saying hello? So talking about those things beforehand so both of you understand where you sit with that. So we don't become upset or disappointed. They just just that basic um, communication and boundary setting can be can be really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. Also, if you if you want your children to understand um, that it's going to be appreciated if they act in a particular way, or maybe um, if there's visitors coming, discussing that it's going to be appreciated if they talk to those visitors. But having that conversation in advance. So if there's a little bit of negotiation that needs to take place, being able to do it in a in a relaxed environment rather than waiting to the day when we're in that yellow or red where we're more likely to, to kind of really begin to escalate. Um, so just that basic sort of communication and boundary setting can be really helpful. Okay. Thank you, Ian. Yes, I totally agree with you. You know, boundary setting and really good communication skills can be very important in very many ways yes very good points um but my next question is what if you have a slightly challenging relationship with somebody that you'll be seeing at christmas any tips on that ian well i i think where we have um where we have a difficult history with a family member again boundary setting can be really really useful um trying to put some limits in place maybe in terms of how much time you're going to spend together can be helpful. Um, and both of you understanding the, those, those limits beforehand. If you do have a, a, a conflicted relationship with somebody, it can be helpful to surround yourself with maybe family members who you do trust while seeing that person um, can just help to create slightly healthier space for everyone rather than it just being the two of you but again if there are issues that you know are likely to come up maybe it's the same old issues um trying to clear the air before the stress of the day arrives can be can be really really helpful so before we we um get to the stress and automatically get triggered into that into that red area sometimes meeting in a in a more relaxed in a more neutral environment in advance to discuss things can be a can be a really helpful strategy if we know there's going to be a likelihood of issues okay Okay, thank you, Ian, for that. Yes, um, 
I totally agree with those points, absolutely. And I think what you're saying, rather than avoiding stress points, deal with them in advance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about the sorts of things that people get stressed about. And I wonder if you had any ideas about how they can be approached in a slightly less stressful way. Um, for example, you mentioned a sense of pressure to try and make Christmas a particular way. I wonder if you've got any more ideas about how to help with that, Ian. Yeah, of course. And and pressure, um, pressure can come from so many places. The the pressure that we we feel to please the children and make it wonderful for them, or or maybe a, a perceived sense of duty to to repay kindnesses of people that have hosted previous Christmases in a particular way. The pressure that social media and TV can create that tells us that for Christmas to be special, it has to be a particular way. You know, this this glamorized image of what a fairy tale Christmas should be simply isn't the reality for many, many people. Instead, the pressure that we place on ourselves to, to make it that particular way can often be the very thing that turns it into a, a time of a time of stress and therefore a time that we don't really enjoy. So to the extent that it's possible, just letting go of this idea that there's only one version of what Christmas should look like and remembering that we're all different, our our circumstances are all different and what's going to work for, for, for us will meet our particular unique circumstances so so working with that rather than saying christmas is only successful if it looks like a tv advert okay absolutely absolutely and i think that most people have experienced that sense of christmas stress to some extent um the idea that everything on the day just has to be absolutely perfect but as you say remembering that everyone's idea of what perfect will look like will be different for everyone. So rather than saying it has to be perfect in any particular way, simply saying that it simply has to be our way. Exactly that. Okay. So can you talk about the stress of spending time with friends? Yeah. So um, remembering that when we're with friends, um, it's more about the experience of being with one another that's special and meaningful rather than having to, to, to break the bank because we, we tell ourselves that we have to spend a certain amount of, of money on, on each present for each person. So one of the things that can be really fun um, and doesn't break the bank when we're with a, um, a, a group of people, a group of friends, is to just consider something like a secret Santa idea that that way you can still enjoy the company and the festivities together. Um, we can do the exchange of a gift if we wish, but you're only buying for just one person. It's a lot less stressful to only have to think about about one present and to only have to pay for one present as well, especially when money is tight, as it is for so many people at present. The present doesn't have to be elaborate in any way. It can be it can be more of a fun gift. It can be more of a thoughtful gift rather than something really expensive or elaborate. We 
we can even set a, a budget as a group, um, remembering that it's probably not just us that doesn't have lots of spare cash at this time of year. So it can be really appreciated by the whole group. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I can see that being really helpful for friends and it's a really good reminder. Um, but as we all know, the expense is children. So do you have any tips of what to buy for children? Well, I, I think the first thing to remember is that with our children, Christmas isn't just the presents. It's the whole experience of, of Christmas. So we might think about how much our, our, our children love creating Christmas decorations, for example, which can be great fun and often valued much, much higher than uh, expensive, fancy objects. How many times do we do we buy expensive gifts for our children and then they only get played with once or twice and then get put in a drawer and never seen again? But these moments of, of joint activity that we share together where we can sit and create a decoration, for example, can become part of the part of the family tradition of Christmas. And and are often remembered for much, much longer than the opening of a discarded present. Our, our children and loved ones can can also be involved in doing the actual decorating as well decorating the tree or or deciding which decoration goes where all of those things can help create the magic of this time of year so thinking about gifts that have more thought than expense attached to them um, may just be special words on a card that we write to them People often talk about the feedback they get from from their children as well, who who loved the opening of all the little presents, not necessarily about the cost, but they enjoyed the excitement of unwrapping the presents. We might also think about a wish list that can be really helpful. So rather than rather than setting the expectation that our children will get everything that they want, let them know that they'll get something that they put on the wish list, but it will be a surprise to as, as to what they're going to get. That way, children still know that they're going to get something really special, something that they've chosen. But also parents are setting the expectation right at the beginning that their children will get something special, but not necessarily everything at a time where money, maybe money is going to be a little bit tight for people. And also thinking about working as a team as well. So if we know that other people want to buy for our children, maybe sharing that Christmas list, um, sharing it with them so we know that everything that our child gets will be um, what they wanted because it was on the list, rather than um, other people buying presents, not necessarily knowing what to get, and ending up getting something that our children didn't really want that much in the first place. Um, or if it's a more expensive item, maybe there's an opportunity for a few people to, to pull resources and, and all put money together. But stressing that it's a, it's a joint present from everybody and that way they can still maybe get a slightly larger gift. 
um, just that communication up front can make such a difference to the expectation and therefore the experience of stress on the day. Okay, thank you, Ian. That's really helpful. Thank you. There's some really good ideas there. So now, what about the day itself? Any tips there, Ian? Well, I think um, making a rough plan um, of times for Christmas Day, especially key cooking times, can be really helpful. Um, but to see it as a guide rather than something that's set in stone, you know, the, the cooking of, of food needs to have some flexibility built into it just to just to help us manage the stress levels a little bit. The the meal won't go from undercooked to ruined in just a few minutes if you get distracted or or have to go and do something else that you know the stuffing isn't going to be inedible if it's sat on the side for for half an hour and the king really isn't going to mind if we miss his speech at three o'clock just because christmas is running late and the, and the lunch is running late so planning everything down to the last detail and trying to stick to it is just a recipe for stress. Trying to adopt an attitude of, of flexibility on the day can be far, far more helpful. Yeah, thank you for that, Ian. That's really helpful. Um, and one thing that I hear a lot of people say, which could be really challenging, is simply planning the food. Yeah, absolutely. So I I love to cook, but it, at Christmas, like most people, I've lots going on um it's a time to be flexibly organized so maybe splitting shopping between what you can get right in advance when it's maybe quieter in the shops and what you have to get nearer the day and just just thinking about things like that can be really helpful also thinking about getting a food delivery uh, rather than having to to fight your way through the supermarkets can be much easier even if there's a couple of substitutes you have to contend with to nip out and deal with a couple of items rather than doing a whole shop can just make such a difference but also trying to be flexible again so most christmas meals um have lots of different foods on the plate and often don't all get eaten so mm. if you're missing a particular vegetable even the brussels sprouts people aren't going to starve and, and the world isn't going to end so often it's us that's setting the expectation that things have to be a particular way so just trying to remind ourselves of the need to be flexible, especially at times like now, is, is just really helpful. Mm. Also, um, we can make the meal an occasion um, that we can all get involved with in by, get, by getting others to make a contribution to, you know, one person can bring a dessert, the other can bring a starter or the stuffing or, or whatever it may be. We don't have to take on the responsibility of doing everything ourselves. Yes, Ian, that's a really good reminder. And thanks for those tips. It's really, really good. Um, another thing I think which is very difficult over the Christmas period is that people will be reminded of people that are no longer with us, maybe people that are past. And obviously Christmas is a very painful reminder for some people. Any, any thoughts on that, Ian? Yeah, um, 
I think one of the one of the hardest experiences we have to endure is is as people is the is the intensity of pain of of losing somebody that we love somebody that we care deeply about and it may have happened this year for for some people in christmas um and the memories associated with that might still be be really really raw for some intense grief that that roller coaster of emotions may impact you at any time um you know just the slightest trigger on the day the reminder of something can just set us off with with surges of of, of pain of grief of anger of loss and i always think the worst thing that people can do is just ignore it and simply hope that our grief won't be overwhelming on the day instead it can be much more helpful to incorporate the memory of the person into the day in some way to remember it to to mark it in a way that's meaningful to you meaningful to everybody so perhaps having a moment where we say a prayer or maybe a, a, a minute silence to remember the person some people find it helpful to tell a story about the person or or plan to embrace their memory in some other way but thinking and planning for the memory of the person can be can be really important that person will still be with us even if just in our memories and our hearts so preparing for that and allowing them to be present in a helpful and meaningful way these experiences can can bring back the bonding for the people involved so even if it's sad it can also be poignant at the same time um, and be a comfort to know that others are others are feeling the same way absolutely and yeah such good points thank you that makes so much sense to me thank you for that um and it's there in the business of christmas isn't it we need to remember also that there are people who might completely be on their own who feel terribly lonely at christmas time yeah absolutely of course and i and i think everyone needs to hold in their awareness that whereas for many it's a it's a time for connection for some for a whole variety of of, of different reasons there they may not have that and, and and christmas can make them feel even more alone uh, than they may usually feel so again i think accepting that and planning for that can be can be really helpful so sometimes being alone is because we're away from family um uh, maybe because of of where we live at times like that we might we might consider how to embrace things like video technology such as zoom or facetime um so is it possible to make sure that you find a time in the day when you're at least speaking and connecting with those people uh, that you want to connect with even if it's remotely so maybe thinking about that we may 
choose to embrace things like social media and talk with friends or simply connect with other people. So the wonderful comedian uh, Sarah Millican hosts um, uh, a wonderful Christmas chatter uh, chat every Christmas. Um, so you know, thinking about things like that can be can be really useful. But also, for some people, social media can be quite hard as well. So it's it's a it's about knowing yourself and knowing what's going to be helpful to you and a little bit of thought beforehand about what's going to be the most helpful can be can be really helpful. Mm. We might think about um, what things bring us pleasure, what things bring us happiness. And, and, and those things don't have to be huge. They don't have to be expensive. Um, it might be a treat day if that's possible, but it might also be a walk in the countryside can can really get the feel good hormones pumping around the body. It might be a visit to your local church and just being able to celebrate the day alongside other people and to feel a sense of bonding, a sense of connection with those people on the day. It might be finding a festive film to watch or a non-festive film to watch, if that's more helpful. Mm. Doing a jigsaw, playing a video game. It's a, it's a day to think about your needs and giving yourself permission to consider your needs. A little advanced preparation to think about those options, again, can be can be really helpful. We may choose to get involved in volunteering at a charity um so even if we're alone we can still make the day full of meaning in fact there's there's a lot of research that shows that if we focus on helping other people then our sense of loneliness can really reduce um for many people and even disappear um and there are there are charities such as re-engage where you you can talk to an elderly person or volunteer in a soup kitchen or a food bank or or maybe supporting homeless uh, people through charities like Centrepoint or St Mungo's or, or various other ones. So making some plans for the following year can also be a, uh, a really helpful way of just making you feel a little bit more positive about life. Um, and finally, remembering that there's no there's no right or wrong way to embrace Christmas, including not celebrating Christmas. Um, it's very much about finding ways to embrace the day that have meaning and value to you. So rather than us feeling that we have to conform to any any particular social norm. Mm. Okay. Thank you, Ian. That's really, really great. And there's some really interesting ideas there. Thank you for that. And hopefully there'll be something that is useful for everyone here. Okay. And the podcasts, along with all previous podcasts, are available on both our websites. Uh, my website is called wendyc.team. And Ian, would you like to say your website and the resources you have on your website? Yeah, so our, our website is www.hopefulminds.co.uk. Um, just head over to the resource tab and we have all of the podcasts that we've done so far are on there, al along with a whole range of 
different um, resources, blogs, infographics, all of which are completely free. So uh, people are, are, are able to go and take a look at those. Um, we'll be back in January, uh, Wednesday, where we'll be doing our, our, our next um, uh, next podcast on, on goal setting in, and uh, um, at a very um, important time of year for goal setting. People often set New Year's resolutions, so uh, a very timely uh, uh, point of the year to consider those things. Um, but in the meantime, to wish you, Wendy, and everybody else um, the very, very best break possible. Thank you very much, Ian, and the best to you and to all our listeners. Thank you very much. Goodbye.